Welcome to the Working Women's Channel. My name is Clara Capano, and we're gonna share the real secrets to success. Come on in. Welcome back, everyone, to another fantastic episode of the Working Women Channel. I am your host, Clara Capano, and we are here to help get you clear, bring you that clarity, and talk about what it means to see that real side of success in both your life and business with today's modern woman. And I am being joined today by a new friend, Colleen. Welcome to the stage. It's so welcome to have to. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and I love your energy. Uh, I love your podcast and I can't wait to have this discussion. Oh, you are fantastic. You have big check coming in the mail towards you. <laughs> so Colleen, I know we're going to dive into your story and talking about what it means to be a joyologist, but why don't you just take a brief moment and just sort of introduce yourself to the group? Sure. So hi, friends. Uh, my name is Colleen Greco. I am thrilled to be here. I'm a joyologist, which usually stops people in their tracks. Um, but a little bit about me. I am a mom of two kids. I'm married. I also have two dogs that I pray you don't hear in the next 30 <laughs> minutes because daycare was closed today. But um, but I mean, that is life, right? Life throws you all kinds of twists and turns and we just manage with it. So um, that is that is what I'm about. But I am really uh, a naturally positive person. When my father named me, well, I... He says he named me. I'm sure my mom had something to do with it, but my name is Colleen Joyce, which means girl happy in Gaelic. And he always said, I named you right. And that always stuck with me. And uh, here I am today. So I'm sure right. that's no coincidence. So you're spreading joy from the moment that you entered this world. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and don't worry about the dogs. I have a husky. So yeah, she when she wants to talk, she's going to talk. So <laughs> if they have something important to she's say. Like, Step aside, mom. <laughs> Well, I love it. So, you know, we are here to talk about the real side to success because we know that that road is not always paved in gold and that when we are, you know, going through our journey, there are many times where it can be really hard and really challenging. Can you think about a time in your life where things were not going according to plan and there was a specific challenge or obstacle that was getting in the way of your success? And what was that challenge and how did you face it? I think that's a great question. So um, <laughs> I always say, you know, they they talk in the fitness world about the biggest muscle in your body is your are your quads and your glutes, right? I think it's your brain. Mm -hmm. And it, sure, it's an organ, but it's a muscle and it is a thing that needs to get exercised often um, or it becomes, you know, stale and stagnant. My biggest obstacle to success has been between my ears. Um, it's the stories that I tell myself. And I actually think that is the blessing that has brought me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. um, because I recognize that I have learned how to reprogram my brain and redirect the triggers that, you know, at one point caused me to go to food. And I have been able to um, put those stories to rest yeah. and focus on the truth and focus yeah. on the and that has caused me to say the sky's the limit. Absolutely. And I think what you're saying, you know, is so powerful because, you know, many times in a, a lot of my guests, you know, have that, you know, that moment where it's a divorce or a death in the family or a health issue. But I think what you're saying 
is something that all of us deal with on a daily basis. It's those little gremlins inside our head. So what I would love to ask you, and we can break this into you know two different ones, is one, what were some of those messages? What were some of those, you know, those programs and those words? And then also, how do you feel that they kept you from success? So first and foremost, what were some of those messages that you had to deal with? My number one story is that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And again, if you look hard enough, you will find the evidence, but it's not real. Um, and it's and it's typically overblown in your head. The other one is I'm not smart enough because I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD and OCD. So I am constantly like in a fight in my head. <laughs> um, but that's also my superpower. And I think that's important to say like, you know, the word disability, and I'm not trying to play semantics here, but there's a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to be. It's just a learning difference. I had to learn how, you know, the things that my teachers were teaching me kind of had to figure out how to tweak that in order to make sure that it could stay in my head. I think my stat when I was initially diagnosed, which was like, I don't know, freshman year of high school was that it took me six times as long to learn something as it did the average person. So for like tests and studying, it would just be over and over and over again until it finally got into my head. Although rap music, I wish somebody put all of my content that I would, I was. No kidding. Oh my gosh. Could you have taught me chemistry or math to rap music? I would have been like. Summa cum laude, no question. Exactly. (laughs) I want to just pause for a moment because I think that you said something very beautiful and and I'm hoping I can articulate this um, the same way that you did is, you know, you had these voices and let's just talk about, you know, our learning. You know, so many times, again, these, these items that we have, we see them as negative. And what I, what I took away from this is you saying that you had a road that you could have gone down and you could have gone down that path of scarcity with, I have a disability, I have a challenge, I have an obstacle. But what you did is you instead said, you know what, I don't want to use this as something to keep me from being successful. And instead, I'm going to use it as fuel for my Mm -hmm. success. And so I think, you know, what's different about our conversation, what's so beautiful about our conversation is it wasn't necessarily one defining moment. It was changing and having the power to change your mindset to say, I'm not going to let these obstacles turn into an obstacle. Yeah. I mean, tell me no. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I get told no, it's like, oh, you know, thanks for the match. I'll light the fire. Yeah. Um, my grad school, trying to get into grad school. I was horrible with... Um, like the GMAT and the SAT um, standardized testing. Terrible. Me too. Get it out. I get it out eventually. Um, And so my GMAT score wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was kind of just border. It was middle of the road. And so I opted to do the interview and she said, well, what would I, what would you do if I told you that I didn't think you would be a fit at Northeastern? And I was like, oh, I, I mean, I'll just tell you what you'll miss out on. And I went on and on and on. And she was like, Okay, like kind of wrote down like let's consider her, and I got in. Yeah. Um, and so I I kind of love being told no because I have to prove myself. 
One of my defining moments, though, I should I should eventually answer your question, is that um, we had a trauma in the family about five years ago with one of my kids. And it brought me to my knees and it really made me question what I want to do with my life because life is so precious. And unfortunately, sometimes these traumatic instances provide you perspective that you always knew, but you know, it, it, it tends to be pushed in the back of your head and then these traumas, you know, cause them to come up front. But I thought, what kind of parent am I if I'm not teaching my kid that they are the most important and I am the most important thing in my life. Right. Like without me, this whole thing doesn't work. And without them, this whole thing doesn't work. And so it it got me to really get on a, a path to health and well-being. While I was doing that, the coach I was working with, because this trauma gave me the gift of 52 pounds, um, <laughs> I was so thankful for. Yes. Um, <laughs> But um, my nutrition coach wouldn't touch um, any of the emotional pieces. And I used to say, don't you want to know what caused me to be overweight so that I can just never be back here again? Don't we want to do this once? Like, you're the friend I never want to see again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when your doctor's like, see you next year. You're like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and he said, no, I just touched nutrition. And I thought I can do this better. And it's really the whole reason why I want to do this is because I want people to maximize the time that they have on this planet, however long it is. And if it isn't centered in joy, we have a problem. All right. Let's talk about this. So because, you know, I've talked about joy before, and it's something that I teach when I speak as well is you've got to be able to light yourself up on the inside. So being that you are a joyologist, talk to me a little bit about why finding and living in joy is critical to one's success. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things during my journey was, sure, I can lose the weight. But when I put the smaller clothes on, right, because I'm getting towards my goal, do I feel better? Mm-hmm. No, the happiness isn't there. It's got to be from within. It has to be rooted in self-love. And I always say that's the foundation to this journey. And when you feel better, you are able to give the best of yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Another thing I always say is you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. So if you're not prioritizing yourself, then you're giving kind of the, the dribs and drabs of yourself to your clients, to your boss, to your family. Um, so I just think it's like a natural um, accelerant for productivity. Um, and it, it causes you, I don't know that it's blinders, but it causes you to like, you just, the world looks different. I find myself constantly looking at things differently. There was a guy I I met a couple of years ago and I said, stay dry today. You know, I'm always trying to not even trying, it just comes naturally, but I always say something, you know, to make somebody smile. And he said, it makes the ducks happy. And that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. Like, Rain doesn't have to be a negative. Yes, my hair hates it. It'll, my hair will go out to here, right? But but the flowers are blooming and the grass looks greener and the ducks are happy. And so there's always a way to look at things differently. And I just think when you're in that really positive and strong mindset, yeah, you can you you develop a vision 
that you were incapable of seeing before. It's all about perception again. And it reminds me of there's um, a quote with a picture that I've seen of a dandelion. And it says, some people see a weed and some people see a wish. And I think that that's a beautiful, you know, example of what you're saying is your perceptual lens will create your reality. And it's up to you to choose. Do you want to see the joy in it or do you want to see the negativity in it? And choose to see the joy. And I don't know if you have ever followed a gentleman called Sean Acor. He wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. And one of the things that he talks about in that and his TED Talk is that when we actually operate from a place of positivity and happiness, even our productivity level rises by about 37%. So again, having this concept of living from joy It's not just about walking around with rose-colored glasses. It actually physically reprograms your insides because it reprograms your brain, which reprograms everything else. So again, having joy, it's not just from a spiritual part. It scientifically is proven. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's about operating at that higher frequency and you, you, you kind of get what you give. Um, if, If you're putting that positive vibe out there. Um, the opportunities tend to come much more easily to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't cause work, but I'm just well, saying. Yeah. Well, all the good things in life do. So if you're sitting there, because, you know, let's be honest, life sucks sometimes. And again, you were, you know, so kind to just share a little bit of going through some of your trauma that you had with one of your children, which during those times, it's hard. How do we find joy? in those really tough times? What is like a place that we can start? Because it's easy to just say, oh, look for the bright side of life. And it's easy to just say, you know, turn it around. But when you're in that moment, it's really hard. So what is something that is very simple that somebody can do when they have that, you know, rain cloud following them around and it's hard for them to see that sunshine? Definitely. And and I, I won't discount, um, especially for him, and he's fine now, I have to make sure I say that. <laughs> Um, thank God, but he needed some serious help and so did I, but at the time I thought I kind of can't worry about me as long as he's okay, I'll be okay for now. But what I can do to try to just feel some control in an out of control situation is, is the bare minimum. Am I showering every day? Am I putting on clean clothes? Can I go walk to the mailbox. If I, if I feel like working out is just too big of a step, what is the micro step that I can do to just have some movement in my day? Mm-hmm. And I try to, um, one of the things I tell my clients all the time is plan for tomorrow today. So, you know, everybody's busy. We're all running around doing way too many things. We're overscheduled, overtaxed. Could I put some healthier food options in place so that I'm fueling my body to handle what it needs to handle. Because if I feed it garbage, I'm going to feel more tired. I'm going to, you know, it affects hormone uh, absorption and production. So I'm going to feel lousy. So can I just maybe make a couple of tweaks to start to make myself feel better? But I always tell people you change one thing at a time and maybe even even more basic, it's just making sure you get a good night's sleep. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to even discount what you talked about, the power of taking a shower. Oh my gosh. And I just think so many times when I'm feeling in that, it's just, again, it's 
the physical taking of it that it wakes you up and it energizes you. But again, it's the the mental side of you can wash that stuff off and, you know, emerge new. So again, I think sometimes again, just, yeah, taking that shower or like you said, getting some movement doesn't mean you have to go to the gym. It could just even mean that you go outside and just get some fresh air. Yeah. Or clean your car. Sometimes when I really feel out of sorts, I'll go vacuum my car. Cause I, or I like to purge. Yeah. Um, like my bathroom cabinets, it's kind of like one of my favorite things to purge. Mm-hmm. So my husband brings all the little travel size things yeah. home. And it me <laughs> crazy. So I'll purge those things that I feel when I feel organized, I feel like I'm in more control. And then exactly. Yeah. Again, like those, the blinders come off and you're like, Oh, it's, it's kind of nice outside today. I might take a walk, right? You, you start to see opportunity. Yeah. And then I also think, you know, the power of asking for help sometimes, you know, and knowing that if if you feel like you're trying these things and it's not working, don't be afraid to reach out. It can be a professional, but it could also just be a friend. I know that during COVID, I was sort of going into my depression because needless to say, I was on hiatus for, you know, several months and it was getting to me, you know, just being on Zoom all day long. And I remember, you know, going to a friend of mine being like, I need you to get me out of my house, like physically Mm -hmm. get me out, have me take a shower, get dressed. We need to go do something. And we went and we walked around an outdoor mall and it was just, again, emerging back into the earth and back into humanity was, you know, really, again, did that. And I just, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things I encouraged people, and I would love to get your take on this, is I, because I know we are so busy, and especially as working women, we wear so many different hats. I really tell people, find 15 minutes of joy every day, minimum. Because I think so many times joy, self-care, they can kind of tie together and automatically people go to, well, I have to go work out. I have to go on a spa day. And then they get overwhelmed because they don't have time for that. For me, I'm like, no, do something every day that lights you up inside. Again, Mm -hmm. it can be working out, but put on some great music, you know, cook, garden. You know, what is your take on that as far as, you know, what are some, you know, little tidbits you have just to kind of help people find that joy? So I always say I work out before my excuses wake up. So I get my workout in way early. Mm-hmm. And while it does bring me joy, it isn't my 15 minutes of joy. My 15 minutes of joy is watching Netflix while I eat my breakfast. It's like quiet. Yeah. Nobody can hear me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be trashy and awful TV. It can't be like, you know, I don't know, like a murder mystery or something like that. It's got to be something where I don't have to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in love with that routine. And sometimes my husband will come in and he starts talking to me and I'm like, can you not, come on, can't you see but what's that, going on here? Yeah, but that brings you happiness. And I'm so glad yeah. you used that as an example, because again, this is about us. What brings you joy? And that trashy television, I tell you, it could be just the yeah. trip for just a few minutes. It's like 15 minutes. It just settles like, you know, your aura or whatever you call it. Right. Like I've already had the chaotic morning with the family and now it's like reset. And then I go into my work day. It's perfect. I love it. But you know, you mentioned like, I just want to mention this because it's so timely, you know, the COVID demise or Mm -hmm. decline. I don't know if you saw, but a couple of days ago, the Surgeon General uh, announced that loneliness is now the number one. Yeah. Um, health epidemic. And it's like, well, I mean, I kind of knew that, but, but it's, it's 
really horrible. And it's something that we can all impact. And so it's great yeah. shows like, like yours. Um, they're helping people feel connections with people mm-hmm. um, in areas where they just, they lack. Yeah. Um, so thank you for all your efforts because well, it's- thank you. And that's, that's powerful. Again, get out there and get yourself connected. So, mm-hmm. you know, Colleen, I have really just enjoyed our time. I would love to just sit here and talk with you and we can just share stories of how we can bring more joy into each of our worlds. But, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what's next for you as far as your journey to finding more joy in your life. So my, oh, I'm going to put a timeline on this. <laughs> my three-year plan is to write my book. And I don't know why I'm putting three years on it, I guess, because I'm an overachiever. And so I know I'll do it faster. Mm-hmm. So let's not call it a one-year plan. Let's, let's give me a little time. Um, but I'm really looking forward to expanding my business um, beyond, not beyond nutrition coaching, because that's always going to be the, the center of it. But I want to be able to reach more people mm-hmm. and have them um, you know, connect with each other, um, because it doesn't have to be just me. There's so many people that I think could benefit from each other. I want to create some sort of community where um, they feel like it's a safe space to talk about things. Um, Women do a pretty decent job of talking about our feelings. Ironically, men don't talk at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're the ones that that need some significant support too. So I just think there's something I I need to do there. Um, But I'm looking forward to getting on the road and and working in these speaking engagements and really trying to make deeper connections um, with people across the globe. Love it. That's awesome. Well, you know what, again, just like your name says, you know, it's about, you know, impacting the world and bringing joy to one person at a time. And I think those messages, again, tying back to what you just talked about with the factor of loneliness, you know, we need you, we need you out there, we need you gracing the stages. So whatever we can do to support you in doing that. Um, As we start to come to a close, being that this whole podcast is leaving messages of positivity around success for not only today's woman, but also for the future women of the world. Let me ask you, what does success mean to you? Geez, if you asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have said some executive position at a Fortune 500 company. Um, But today it's, it's, seeing the transformation with the clients that I'm working with. It's honestly such an honor to be able to work with them and and really just walk with them as like partners through their journey. So that's, I think, uh, from a tactical perspective, what success looks like. From a strategic perspective, I kind of look at success as a journey. So it's kind of like stepping stones. Um, So even now, successful in terms of... um, up-leveling what I'm doing to a, a broader audience. I look at my children and the fact that um, the older one is in college now. Mine leaves in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> Almost off the payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it has it has a lot of different uh, meanings to me, but for my personal journey, I hope I never reach it. I think I just keep raising the bar. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to say too that I just can't, wait to meet the future version of myself. I'm just so excited. And I had never had that feeling before this journey. That is cool. I love that. Yep. And again, success sometimes is just about being present in the journey. So, well, Colleen, thank you so much for sharing time with us today. I loved your messages about how to, you know, reprogram how you think and how you show up and reminding us 
that we really do have control over our mindset as far as, again, how we see the world. But then also when we do that and choose to step into joy, it's going to just trickle into so many other areas. And it really is a key foundational component of having success. So thank you for sharing all of that, all of your wisdom and insight with us. Thank you, Clara. This was really fun. I appreciate the opportunity. And all of you um, stay connected with Colleen. All of her details and her um, contact information is going to be in the show notes. So I am just here again saying thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Working Women channel. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and also share these messages with other women. You know, my goal is to impact over a million lives and sharing these messages. It really, again, connects us and lets everybody know that no matter what we are facing out there, it doesn't have to be a hindrance to our success. So until next time, keep showing up, doing the work, loving your life. And thank you so much for joining us and remembering that you can live successfully and you can do it all on your terms. Take care, everyone.